can see it. Hot spot and it's plush stock and it's dead. Boom chop and Gucci sauce got them ribbing. Fuck the cops, we can't be stopped, just admit it. You're now tuned in to the number one podcast show available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. This is Purse Talks with Bobby Rollins Swimmer. And remember, the bag isn't always about money, but more so what you want out of life. So make sure you stop, follow, like, repost, and subscribe to Bag Season. That's B-A-G-S-Z-N underscore podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Royal Realty. Royal Realty Group Buy, Sell, Flip. All your real estate needs in the Philadelphia area. And this is Purse Talks, Season 2, Episode 9, Race in America. What up, Bob? What's good, Purse? Nah, man, we just... We back. We chilling. We, we back in the building like we normally do. And, you know, we took, what, two weeks off only? Two weeks off because I had business. Yeah, we I had business to take care yeah. of. Yeah. You know, shout out to shout out to the company. You know them company paid trips. I mean, <laughs> got a couple got a couple more coming up next month. <laughs> yeah, so we're back in the building, uh, and make sure uh, for all our baggers out there, our loyal baggers, uh, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe the Bag Season Podcast. Make sure you tell your family and your friends about us. We have some very interesting topics coming up, um, especially today. We're talking race in America, but. Race. Season three is going to be on and pop, and it's actually going to it's going to feature quite a few um, some of y'all favorite people people that we have here. And um, like I said, I'm still working on getting that celebrity for you our special guest celebrity. Coming um, soon, coming soon. We working. We working. I got to go through an agent. <laughs> we working. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we got some stuff on it. So make sure you uh, you hit us up at the back season. That's B A G S Z N underscore podcast. I'm your boy Swimmer. That's S W I M M R. Underscore N U P E three, and I'm triple B nineteen eleven like always. Huh? So today's climb is pretty hectic. We're in a new decade. Mm hmm. Twenty twenty. Um. Well, let, let's ask this: Did we ever get anybody? Uh, I don't think anybody ever uh hit us up about um. About the no cell phone policy uh, for a week because I had a I had a fifty dollar Amazon gift card and nobody really hit us up. Also, oh, they, I had, thought, they, they thought we were playing. Actually, I had a fifty dollar Fogo the Child gift card too to give out. They were playing, but everybody you know is BSing. You know, like I said, if you if you're a bagger, you're follow. Listen, watch. If we have contests, we don't participate. Hold, we don't have them often, but we do have gifts. So trust me, I'm trying to get this crowd participation up. You right. know, the runners out there. Um, but guess what? You can listen to us inside your home, so you are protected. <laughs> I know a lot of people <laughs> listen to us uh, in their uh, headphones and their earpods and everything, going to work, listening in the car on the way to work, and at work in their cubicle. You know, right? I actually listen to our podcast, especially after we record, because I listen to and I'll be like, damn. How was you talking about Bob? <laughs> Especially was the few few episodes I got you you were going off. Um, I went off too. Uh, especially with the cell phone thing. I just yeah, social media. But anyway, race in America. We here season two, episode nine. Race in America. What Michael Jackson say? It doesn't matter if you're black or white. <laughs> 
Well, unfortunately, Mike was both, but uh, only on the outside. But His he, kids are. Listen. No comment. All right. <laughs> sorry if anybody got offended. I'm sorry. Listen. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, man, Race in America, like, for those that don't know us and they listen, we are two black males. Yes, we are black. So, uh, when we talk about race, you're going to get the black perspective. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Well, I mean, speaking from a black perspective, Bob, you grew up in Virginia. Let's, let's, uh, let's touch on that. Now, no, no, I didn't just grow up in Virginia. I grew up in the country. Virginia. Of Virginia. Yeah, which is completely different than which the city. Which is it's not city. It, I can't even call it country, bro. I grew up on a fucking plantation. Yeah, there it is. I'm, I got cornfields on one side, cotton fields on the other side. It's a whole lake where they used to, like, bring slaves, like, off the dock and, like, walk them to their plate. Yeah, like, it's crazy. It probably don't look like that no more, but I haven't been back in, like, since I was, like, 16, and I'm 30 now, so... Okay, so what is your, um, as a black man in America, what is your take growing up in the countryside of Virginia and now having your perspective here in Philly, uh, going to school at Bloom, which is also out in the boonies. Which is rural. Rural, yeah. Um, what is your, what is your take on those three with the environment? You know what's crazy? I never looked at like being black as like a disadvantage. I just feel like we grow up how we grow up, and you just—it's life. You roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. Like there's always light at the end of the tunnel. It was just what's meant for you is meant for you. But at the end of the day, what you do today can change tomorrow. Like there's no such thing as an overnight success. Like there's always work, and like me. I left my Virginia situation when I was, like, eight. Mm-hmm. But I always went back all the way up to, like, I was 16 when I was just like, yo, I'm not going back no more. Why? Because I'm a city kid now. All my friends are here. I don't want to go to the country and just chill. So what constituted you from a, from a country kid to a city kid? A country boy to a city kid? Uh, well, you got to look at it like I was a kid coming up here. So looking at it being young... Growing up on a plantation, have an outhouse, have to pump your own water. Wait a minute, you you had an outhouse? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, bro, like had a hole. Like, like a hole in the ground, like yes. don't know where that's where, where that's going. going. Yes. <laughs> like the toilet was like a white bucket with the toilet seat on it, but like you flush that shit every day, like, yeah. Outhouse. There was a shower drone on the back where like you had to pump water for, like, the water to come down. Like, so it was a well? Yeah, it was a well. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, when I tell people, like, I know what it's like. Forget being poor. Like, I know what it's like to, like, make literally nothing out of something. Like, I know. Like, I know what it's like to come from, like, that situation to move into the projects. And you're in a 
let's just say two bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. and it's ten of your cousins in one bedroom, sleeping head to feet. Four different families. Like I, I know what that dynamics like. I know what it's like being in the country doing it, and then moving to the inner city and doing it. I know what it's like to be super slow where you're walking everywhere, nobody has a car, to where everything is fast paced. You start riding on buses, oh that's cool. But for other people that's normal. But then I also know what it's like to live in the suburbs, but it's not really, in my mind, it's not really suburban, it's still black, but it's the suburbs because it's outside of the inner city. So it's look different. Mm-hmm. Like it's look different. Mm-hmm. Like Narstown is looked at as inner city, but I mean as a as a the county lines. But if anybody knows Narstown, Chester, Upper Darby, like you gotta be careful. Yeah. Like the shit ain't sweet. But it ain't like being in Southwest or like being in North Philly. But like that's anywhere, like. Yo, you just gotta be careful where you at. Like, you get accustomed to, like, certain things. But then it also ain't living like Doylestown. Right. We know Doylestown's different. Like, right. That's really the burbs. Living in Bucks County, burbs, burbs. They don't have no inner city feel at all. There's no corner stores, no none of that. But in, like, places like Norristown, Chester, up Darby, you kind of have a city feel. It's more black, um... You have, like, your chicken spots, your Chinese stores, um, churches on every corner. Mm-hmm. Heavy, I would say, crime. But when I mean crime, it doesn't mean, like, murders and all that. But that is going on, shootings, stabbings, kidnappings, like. But I'm when I mean crime, I just mean period. Like, this stuff going on. Posted up on the corner, like, yeah, you see that. It ain't cul-de-sacs and all that. But when I look at it from a black man's perspective, like I do know what it's like to just be profiled just because you are black in those conditions. Mm-hmm. Like it's the birth, so you thinking like you'll be like you're going to be treated differently. Right. No, that's not the case. They don't care that you're here. But they like the fact that you're here because guess what? You boost their numbers in other ways. Mm-hmm. They're going to mess with you a little bit because if you get rowdy, now you're a statistic. Like, it's, I, I, I know, I kind of see both sides. Like, So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm biracial. So, I'm half Italian, half black. Okay, so... For those of my backers out there that didn't know that, yeah. Um, so, I guess my experience is is the same but different. My family's from Fayetteville, North Carolina. We also had a plantation. My mom and them grew up on the on the plantation on the farm. Um, you know, and uh, we we've actually traced our ancestry back to the early 1800s we actually have uh we were lucky to find some census uh stuff going way back so initially we 
weren't able to find um, beyond my great-great-great-grandmother. However, uh, we found her parents and then her parents, Dang, which is which is in insane. And there's actually a memoirs out there um, where um, my great-great-great-great-grandfather was talking about uh, the, the, uh, the Civil War. And when the troops were coming into town, like what you had to do in order to, um, you know, uh, hide certain things and, wow. and they, they like bury, they bury treasures and they, they, they wrote down where they buried it so they could find it and shit like that. And then like when the Emancipation Proclamation was signed, when their master came and told them, now my master, one of the things I know about my family is my family was never whipped or beaten on the plantation. My, my, their owner was very, um, he was a very righteous person and there's memoirs that, that, that display that. He said he never, he never beat them or whipped them. He never treated them um, harshly, which was uncommon in those times. But one of the things that they did find out was that uh, when he told them that, uh, that they were free, he gave them um, supplies and told them that they could stay on the farm or on the plantation, um, didn't have to work for, uh, for free, you know, being enslaved anymore, but they could stay there so they would have a place to, to go. They could build their own house and everything on the, on the farm, and they could create their own crops and, and do all that fun stuff. So they decided to stay. Most of them wow. decided to stay. Um, this was like new news to us last year. We actually found this information out last year. It was pretty crazy. Um, How did y'all find it? Um, we actually had someone who works with the Census Bureau look it up for us. A close family friend. But one thing I will say too, like I don't know much about my Italian side, but there are a lot of things that I definitely um, hinted on when I was a kid. Well, A, I love Italian food, specifically seafood. So that kind of tells me that I'm probably from the southern part of Italy. Um, also too, uh, when I was in college, I actually took three years of Italian. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but I, when they t asked me and said, hey, you have the option to do whatever language you want. Automatically said Italian. And I couldn't tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> but until I figured, found out that I was half Italian. So um, that's something that I, I had to definitely like kind of come to grips with and everything like that. Um, I still believe like, you know, once you have one drop of blood in you that's black, you're black. It doesn't matter. Um, growing up, uh, grew up in Philly. Uh, we lived we lived in the city until I was about six, and we moved out to uh, suburbs where I went to school out in the suburbs. But I was always in Philly because where I swam was in Philly, so I was always here, and um, never had any racial issues per se in Philly. Um, all my racial issues, as far as being profiled and things like that, uh, I got profiled a few times in Pittsburgh. When I was in school there. You know, it was crazy. A lot of my stuff happened when I was in college, too. Yeah. It's like, I didn't have it right. growing I got... up. Like, even though I came from Virginia. Right. And, like, grew up that way. Mm hmm I never, like, I never had problems with cops. Nope. Even though I, I knew, like, my career got raided in before. Like, kicked door. But, like, I never had no issues where it was, like, nigger or, like, yo, put your, let me see your driver's license. You got ID? Right. 
I what you doing that. here, boy? Like, I, I never got none of that until I literally went to school, like, college, 18, fresh out of mom's crib, like. I experienced that on four separate occasions in Pittsburgh, two separate occasions at IUP, um, in Indiana, Pennsylvania. Um, I used to work at Foot Locker, and when I transferred out to Pittsburgh to work at Foot Locker in Pittsburgh, I actually had a run-in with two members of the KKK. I ran into uh, members of the KKK in Ohio when we went out to uh, to um, of an, an event at Ohio State, and there was a there was a KKK rally in Ohio. When we Bro, they there. burned a cross on my campus my freshman year. Bro. It's I was insane. like, hey, yo. Yeah, it's just, I was like, yo, they tripping. Yo, when you see... <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I wasn't scared. I was just like, yo, what do you think is this tripping? Yeah, when you see some shit like that... I was like, yo. It's insane. Um, The guy that I ran into in the mall, the two clan members, the one guy had a tattoo on his forearm of, of a clan member and said, white power forever. Like, I mean, I, I mean, when you come across people like this... Where like the hatred is so real, like but like it's you don't than you don't even have a, a, an understanding as to why yeah. or a reasoning as to why, you know it, it's amazing, and it's what's amazing about everything that we go through in the world, right? Even my own self, right? If you ask any old school Italian. You know, what do you think of a mulatto? Or, uh, what do they call them? A bagol? A bagol? You know, or, um, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you, like, no intermingling of, you know, same thing goes with, like, Asian cultures. Like, Asian cultures, you don't see too many intermingling of races with and when I say Asian I'm talking about like Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Vietnamese, those those countries, mm-hmm. right? But I'm also talking about like India. Okay? Like typically like India's in some sections of India they still have like arranged marriages yeah, and things like that. Yeah. So you have that, right? And then in the Latino community, right? They tend to stick to their their own their kind mm-hmm. meaning like uh Spanish if you're Spanish speaking you try you, you probably want to want to be with someone who is Spanish speaking but that's not necessarily the case all the time it, it is for some not for all um same thing with our islanders mm-hmm. our island our island families from Jamaica and Trinidad and Tobago uh Haiti you know those places Bahamas, they try to s- stick to other islanders, maybe, or, or people from their own, own countries. I think what's been embedded over the years in America, because we were created... We're a melting pot. Well, no, I wouldn't even say that. I won't, I won't even go there yet. What I'm, what I'm getting at is that we were created on hatred. Oh, yeah. America was yeah. created on hatred. Okay? Think about, think about this. They said that Columbus came over here to and discovered America. He didn't discover shit. People Native were Americans here. were already here. Okay? <laughs> it's documented. And they were and they've been here for thousands of years before that. Okay? They came in. The Native Americans offered them 
food, water, shelter, and gave them skills to survive. What did they do? They killed everybody. They scalped and killed all the Native Americans. Then they said, oh, you know what? We need to, we need to, we need to culturalize this place. Let's bring over in, in, indentured servants. Indentured servants were originally prisoners in Europe. Okay? France, England, Spain, mm-hmm. Portugal, uh, Germany. All of these places had uh, people who were delinquents, who are criminals. They brought them over first. Made them sharecroppers. Made them mm-hmm. people who to, to cultivate the land. They made them laborers. And then they found out that it was a lot more land than they thought. So what they do? They intruded into Africa and said, we'll bring all these people back in. And we'll, we'll make some stops along the way. We'll stop in Brazil along the way. We'll stop in the islands along the way. We'll stop in Florida, Haiti, you know, all these places. And that's where you, you know, and, and I'm not trying to give you the whole African diaspora. But long story short, they brought in all these uh, people from all over the place and, and, and basically slaves. And then they created America. So what, do we, what happens in that time frame? Well, when you crossbreed people of African and Spanish descent, African and Portuguese descent, African and German descent, African and English descent, African and French descent, now you start getting these other countries. You get Haiti, you get Brazil, you get Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, blah, 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 blah. And then they, and then they transport their slaves up to the Americas, and then, yeah, we have a whole mix of cultures. So, yes, yeah. one of the great things about America is this mix of cultures that we have. I love the fact that we can kind of interact with each other. But the one thing I hate about it is that it's almost like there is no identity. Like, there is no specific identity when you come. You can say that I'm African-American, or I'm Haitian-American, or I'm... It's like, what does that look what, like? What, what, what is does that? that mean? Yeah, because it's like, it's like when people say, I'm Haitian, like, you know for a fact, like, what yeah. that is. Right. They have a flag, they have culture, right. it's attached. Right. I'm Chinese. They have a flag, mm-hmm. they have culture that's attached. Right. When you say I'm American... We got a flag, but I don't really. I care. I really can't identify like what the culture is, right? And because to be honest, like we all say, yeah, we always take it back to like slavery, this and the third. Like, yeah, that's a part of our history, but that's not really. When you look at it from a culture standpoint, that's not really American culture, right? Like, what is our culture? I don't know. Because our culture is from Africa, bro, and, and, yeah. and we have to, by us know, being our, black folks, like our names, our cultures, our beliefs, our language were all stripped from us. Yeah. when we were brought here, it was beaten out of us, it was beaten out of our uh, out of our out of our ancestors, and so you don't have an identity. Yeah. It's, and they did that on purpose, right? So now, so now we're reaping the effects of what started, what let's just say five hundred years ago. It's, and it's fully embedded. See, one of the things that I admire about certain cultures, for instance, like our, our Latino, all my Latino friends out there, like they stay true to their culture. Like all, my, all my Puerto Rican friends, they, they, they go to Puerto Rico. They yeah. visit Puerto Rico. They that's have like family my, in Puerto Rico. Yeah. That's, why like, I like, that's why I like my African friends, like true African right, right. friends. Right, right. They go to like, they, Sierra Leone. They go to Nigeria. They go to Senegal. They go, like, they go to see, all the but places. The thing is, right. They know their, they know like, yo, this is our hut. Like, 
great 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 grandma been in this hut like they got pictures on the wall like they can tell their story and their truths and sometimes I ain't gonna lie it do hurt sometimes to be like damn I was just talking to somebody about this like last week I'm like damn the fact that you can literally look at your history go back home and feel at home. Says a lot. That says a lot. You know how I many people that can't, can't do, do that? that? Right. And it's crazy because I know who my great, great, great grandmother is. She lived to see 110. But I know her from America. Being a slave. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere finding her way up to the tri-state area of Philadelphia. I mean... Like I know that I don't know the backstory of like but there there's there's books literature texts out there that say and explain why um, Europeans had the mind frame to do that to strip names strip culture strip religion strip everything you know what I mean and, and pretty much whitewash everything. Now, I'm not going to sit here and bash Europeans and say that all Europeans are, you know, are evil people, you know what I mean? Because they're not. I mean, I've, I've come across a lot of very friendly and nice people, um, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm half Italian, so clearly I have, you know, roots within, within Italy that I, I need to kind of find those roots. But one, one thing I will say, though, is that... America doesn't own up to its racial problems, right? That's the so, biggest issue we got in America. So, like, if you go to Germany, right? If you go to Germany, you'll see that there are Holocaust um, plaques and, and statues and things all all over the place where they actually acknowledge, accept, and apologize for having yeah. concentration camps, having the like Holocaust they know they know what they did was wrong. Was wrong, right? Correct. I think here in America, they they still haven't acknowledged that slavery existed. They still have not acknowledged that slavery was wrong. They never gave any black people any type of reparations, nor have they decided that it should even be adjudicated. Like, I'm not even... Bro, it makes me hot. This is the crazy part. They only doing that to black folks. But the Indian people, they get to keep their reservations. And they get... I think they get money or something like that. But see, like with Native Americans, though, That's like the crazy they, part. they massacred ninety-seven percent of those yeah. people. Ninety-seven percent. Can you imagine? You know the way they. So I found out when I was in Toronto that the way that America treats black people—that's the way Canada treats Native Americans. They call them indigenous people. You know, we call white Caucasians mm. white people there. The black folks call them allies. The ones that's like on their side. I'm like, what? Canada's just a different place. Each province is different. Yeah, I was like, I mean, what? That, that, <laughs> it threw me yeah, off. I was like, what? Yeah, each province is different. It was like, yeah, the Indians, like, when you go to the museums and all, you know, we have, like, African-American museums telling uh-huh. our history. Yeah. When you go to Canada, they have indigenous people history courses where they speak on what they did to Native Americans. Like, their jail population is... 
kind of like our dynamic, where it's like it's all black people. Theirs is like all Native Americans. They stripped their history, all that. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. These white people crazy. <laughs> I want to say um, I ain't want to say it, but go crazy. Like I think I think what it boils really boils down to is like. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and bash Europeans, but they have yet to take accountability for a lot of things. Like My whole instance, thing is, like, who who starts that? Well, I mean, it's people have conversations about it all the time, but nobody really wants to take accountability for it. For instance, France still owns Haiti. Yeah. And they still own Haiti, but they haven't done anything for Haiti. They haven't done anything. They haven't, you know, they haven't paid for anything. When they got hit... With that uh, massive hurricane, hurricane that came in yeah. and wiped Haiti out, where where was France with the supplies? Where where where, where were they? They didn't show any. They, they didn't come up with anything. But yet, when the Cathedral of Notre Dame burns down, oh, we need millions of dollars to replace a fucking church. Yeah, I said it. Fucking church, and I don't care how blasphemous I am. It what it is 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 it comes down to this. They don't want to take accountability for their simple actions of hatred. Yeah. And whenever whenever people decide to take accountability for that, then, then we can start having meaningful conversations whether or not race honest, is going to change. Because to be honest, I don't, think, I don't think it's an American thing. I think it's a, it's a global thing. Like, people have done... Let's just say color folks, uh-huh. so wrong. Period. And you can see it like even to this day. Yeah. Like what? I think it was like two years ago. They had like a whole slave trade going mm-hmm. on. But they just kept reporting it, not trying to stop it. Like, bruh, you just seen him just grab dude up, put him on a boat, beat him on national TV. And you just sitting there with a mic in your hand, like, bro, that's wrong. Like, Did you know, like. Did you know there are three states currently that just this past, within the last six to nine months, that just made lynching, oh, lynching. a hate crime? Yeah. Like, it's 2020, for God's sakes. There was, there was also, I actually watched this, there was, a, there was a 60 Minutes interview done by, I think it was Brian Gumble. I think it was back in like in the in the nineteen eighties. One of the Gumbles, one of those guys. Um, where there was a plantation owner who never told the slaves were that, oh, that they were, were free, were freed or yeah. emancipated, and they were actually doing slave labor all the way up to the nineteen seventies. Yeah, like yeah, I, I, I remember that story. Like I was like, yeah. "Are you serious?" I mean, yeah. it's it's insane. But, you know, the question you asked me before we started recording was, will race relations ever stop? I'm going to say no. You know why? Because this is my logic. Race relations, let's just say in America, fuels... Capitalism. It's the way we function as American people. When you go to, let's just say, the islands or like these third world countries and all that, 
the first thing that they value is like family and all that. They don't care about money. They make something out of nothing. You give them a dollar, it's like, yo, we gonna make this joint stretch. Right. Yo, I got water, bread, and an egg. Like, yo, we lit. Yeah, we us? good. Yeah. <laughs> us? Nah, bro, I need a hundred mil. I don't care who, how I gotta get it. If I gotta take a life, I gotta take a life. Right. They don't value family. We value the dollar. Which then creates what? More hatred. Well, they say money is the root of all evil. And American... It's, it's, it's based off of pure greed. And it's all systematic. That's the reason why we can't change the type of structure we want to change to have a democracy the way we want it to be because when they literally created them laws that govern us as a nation, they knew exactly what the hell they were doing. I don't think they knew what they were doing at the time, but looking at it in the year 2020, they know that them, that them laws is all fucked I up just, to I the point that, that... I disagree with that. You don't have to. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that when you plant a seed, that a tree is going to grow. So yeah, they I, they knew what they were doing. They but knew they, it, they knew it. They planted this seed that it was going to fuck up shit down the line. Yeah, but the thing is, it's one of those things where what it's fucking up is really like our ecosystem of like how we deal with each other. The systems that are once again, created. It's all systematic. There's a reason why, like, they created redlining. There's a reason why they created welfare. There's a reason why they created the prison system. There's a reason why they created not just federal laws, but state laws. There's a reason why, like... Politics is zoned. Poli- exactly. There's a reason why... There's a reason why they still have the fucking electoral college. Like that's a hundred year con. By the way, if, like, if you guys don't understand this, the electoral college is a one hundred and thirty year uh, establishment that that is overdated by a hundred years. Yeah. The last time, the reason why we have the electoral college is because um, it was to make sure that the landowners that had the big states in the south weren't. Um, weren't overruled by the smaller states in the north because they had more land and territory and more voters. And voters. So they created the electoral college to balance out the popular vote, and which still doesn't make sense. Which still doesn't make sense, but that's that's not because I feel like if you score one on one and I have a hundred, you won. Yeah. Well, we're not. Gonna, we can have a social studies lesson <laughs> but, later. But what, yeah, I'm, I mean, what I'm saying is, um, with the racial, with the race stuff. People do things very meticulously. This is a game of chess that's been going on for centuries. Centuries. And so it just is prevalent in America right now because we have a racist, bigot, sexist, narcissist president who shows his true colors and says his true colors every chance that he gets. And basically what happens is people shun a blind eye to it. Like because it because he's helping them benefit from somewhere somehow. Old America is happy as hell. Of course, he 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 warped you right back into the 1930s. What, like, what, what, what do you want to do? It's a voice. It's a voice that 
hasn't been heard in a long time. It's that, and they're not even baby boomers. It's that grandfather that sat in the fucking chair for fucking Monsters Ball, the retired yeah. Louisiana cop. <laughs> that that's Donald Trump. Oh yeah, I used to. Oh yeah, I used to love me a colored girl. Oh whoo! I used to see her walking down the street like, man, look at them chocolate titties. Really, really? That's how you know when someone degrades someone like that to the point, and they and they and they say that they don't know better. The motherfuckers know better. Yeah. But the thing is, it's old America. Who gonna tell grandpa that he can't do nothing? I will chin check a motherfucking granddad in a heartbeat. I will chin check anybody. I don't give a fuck who you are. That but that's just me though. That that's me. That's that's but how at, I was brought up, at, and that's what looking I, at it from a culture standpoint in like America, old America just feels like they have power. Like it's the it's. I want to just say like white man, the white males. That's old America. What would you call them? That they they have to be what seventy five and up. Still here. Those baby boomers. Baby boomers were like running shit. That I feel like once that era is gone, I feel like a trickle effect's gonna happen. It's more peace that that can come. Go Bernie! Like more peace can come. <laughs> but the problem is old America is so stuck on this hate because of them small towns. Like, I know people when I went to school, you probably too where they never seen black people in their lives. Mm-hmm. Like ever. Yeah, that's a. Till they till they got to college and they was like, what the fuck. Right. What are you doing here? <laughs> that's the kind of look they. Go, what are you doing here? I made it in here. But like that's the like it ain't it ain't it ain't really the city perspective. It's a. Small town, small town, small town, small town, small town, small town, small town. This small town, that small town. There's more small towns than big cities. Bro, I just met a a girl not too long ago, a a young lady, who studies at an Ivy League institution, okay? And she came from a rural town in Indiana that had one stoplight. One market, one gas station, one hardware store. Probably one church. One church, <laughs> one hospital. Well, actually, the hospital was actually like 30 miles down the road. Same thing with the veteran hospital. was like 30 miles down the road the other way. Mm-hmm. And she says she came to the city and she loves it. Because basically the people in that town were so close-minded mm. that it was just like there was no other like perspective to even have like in regards. So like, so I I was I was intrigued because a it was in Indiana, so I was really intrigued about what type of dynamic was there. She said, "I'm never going back home." She said, "I love being around so many cultures, and I love being around so many different people. Like it, 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 it I know it, a couple people like that. It was I'm great in college." You know what I mean? She said it was a shell shock at first because it was like she didn't know what to it's do. All, it was all programming. It's crazy. Like it gets to a point where it's just like you know the world's different, but what you see every day, to be honest, that's the world. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, we talked about the the whole profiling, like the whole racial profiling, like. 
I remember when I got racially profiled in Pittsburgh, and like, I didn't I didn't think this was a it was a thing. Like I mean I I'm not saying I didn't believe people, but like, it is always different until it actually happens to you. Yeah. And like I got profiled up in Indiana, Pennsylvania, and then when, and then when we talked to like some of the frat brothers, it was like, yo, it was like, yo, man, they had a clan rally here like last week. Like I'm like, what clan rally? What? Bro, you know, listen. Drove to Ohio. Listen. Listen, drove to Ohio, bro. <laughs> there was 150 fucking clan members out there, hey, bro, yo. in white yo. suits, purple fucking sheets, red sheets, green Hold sheets, up. yellow bro. sheets, bro. That shit was scary as fuck. They talking about white power. Yo. They want, they got fucking rifles and shit out there and fucking picking fork and flags and shit. They can't talk because they got two teeth in their mouth. Talking about, yeah, we can get white power. Like, that shit was scary, bro. It's a scary, it's a scary thing to have that much hate in your in your mind, your heart, your soul. But then when you ask them. They don't get, they can't don't. give you an answer. They can't tell you why. They'll say because the white race is superior. But dude, they have no facts behind it. Mind you, how are you superior and you work on a farm, my nigga? <laughs> like, like you're in a worse condition than me. Shit's crazy. Like, but you wake up and you're just like, we're gonna kill it for what? For what? What do you? What are you getting out of that? And what's even worse about it is that they're teaching their their kids the same hatred that they have. And guess what? Your kid gonna get their ass beat. Listen, y'all, you wonder why they don't have no fucking clan rallies in North Philly, Southwest Philly. They can't do that shit here, bro. They would, they would, they wouldn't certain, come out. Listen, it's certain places. A lot of this, this weird shit, it just can't happen. Like, yes, we got the so the cop killed somebody. Somebody got kidnapped. Yeah, that happens. But you ain't doing no. Out like out drawnless like racist shit. Not in a black city. Not in a black city. No, they did that. They tried that shit in Charlottesville, and they had blacks, whites, Latinos all together. They, they, all they together. Was like, they was, like, they was like, no, you ain't having this here. He was like, oh, we fucked up. They had the students. They had Indian Americans and Asian Americans. They had everybody out there fighting these these bigot motherfuckers. And it got to the point where they committed homicides. Motherfucker ran, ran a girl over with a car. They they did that shit in Charlottesville. They ain't doing that shit in fucking Bad News, Virginia. They ain't doing that shit you ain't doing in that Philly. Shit in Hampton. You ain't doing, doing that, that shit in New York. You're not doing that shit in, in DC. You're not doing that shit in fucking Houston in LA. Chicago. Miami. You're not doing that shit in there. Nah. Because they know. <laughs> like they know listen, oh they sh- they smart, bro. They smart. You ever watch that show on CNN? What was it called? Um with a black dude, he he goes and uh, he um, the travels of Kamal or something like that, where he would go to all these different places and, and you do... talking about with the black boy, yeah, with he, the fro, yeah, with the yeah, fro, yeah, 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 and the glasses, yeah. yeah, he went and he actually went to a KKK compound on one of his episodes. Did you see that episode? Yeah, that's where uh, I think they said the influence of uh, David Duke, yeah, was was behind that. He was just like, yo, let me just go. And that's a great ass story too. With Black Klansman. Oh, Black Klansman. was lit. Listen, shout out, shout out to Spike. That was a good ass movie. I ain't gonna lie. Listen, I love that. I mean, there's that was a good ass movie. Between Do the Right Thing, Jungle Fever, Mo Better Blues, 
school days. I mean, you can just go on and on about Spike Lee, man. Black Klansman was a whole nother vibe, bro. Yeah, I actually watched that movie start to finish. That joint was lit. And I enjoyed every second of it. Would I say it's his greatest work? No. But what I will say is that it, the message that came across it was yeah. fantastic. And, um, you know, he, he 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 deserved an Oscar way before before that. But um, I, didn't know that, I didn't know that there was Denzel Washington's song. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. He's a good-ass actor, too. Yeah. So, uh, check it out. Black Klansman, if you haven't seen it. Um... You know, uh, but like I said, Bigs, Bigs, B. Shout out to all my Dave Chappelle fans, Bigs, Bigs, B. You know what's crazy? Have you ever, um, you ever watched A Birth of a Nation? I hate it. Did you watch it? I did. I watched that. Twelve Years a Slave. All that. I just watched it just cause. But, but to be honest, I'm I'm like tired of slave films. It's like, yo, it's like, y'all keep telling, like, replaying history and over and over to, like, educate us, but it's like, y'all educating the wrong people. Right. Like, you, you're saying, based on a true story, we have facts and all this and that, and they're still like, no, that ain't happening. What's the, what's the, what the, what's the older white woman's name that does these seminars in colleges and universities. Jane, uh, Jane something. Miss Jane. Um, yeah, she she's fantastic. She actually breaks down perspective in a very relevant way to get non-blacks to understand the, the disparity between races and and how much um, more opportunities other people have other than blacks, Latinos, and other uh ethnic backgrounds in in america it's 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 a it's a it's a sad thing but i think she's jewish too but one thing i will say though is that black people as a whole and and i can only speak to black people because we are black is that we need to start taking more accountability on on ourselves and our actions to make each other better and when we say that meaning like you see this little badass fucking kid running out there doing some dumb shit. Hey, sit down, talk to him. Pull him to the side. Let him know what he's doing is not acceptable. Or if you um, can get yourself in a mentoring shit. Like mentor these young people. I, I mean, I mentor uh, lots of people. And, you know, people who always ask for ask for advice. Ask you don't for need a certificate this. to sit there and take somebody underneath your wing. And you'll be surprised at the type of changes that you can give in somebody's life when you actually do that. Like, I do think we're at a point now where society as a whole is just, like, fed up. Yeah. But we're fed up to the point where we just don't care, but we don't understand the effects of us not really caring. Because at the end of the day, the system is still the system. Right. And it's still going to be in place. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like we have to care to an extent. To where we have to put the proper people in place to affect real change. And the hard part about that, though, Bob, is that the system knows when those people are put in place because they assassinate them. And then on top of that... Or they threaten them. Yeah, but on top of that, there's a lot of passive-aggressive now in the social media era... There's a lot of passive aggressiveness that, uh, that happens 
like you said, it's a, eh, whatever, I don't care. Uh, yes, you, you ask new new generational people. Like, yo, I, don't, I think eighteen year olds they don't know anything don't about know. slavery or their history or their ancestors or people in it. But they don't they don't take any pride in it either. You know, unless unless you come from a culture that actually that is ingrains it in you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and you know, it's like, what do you what do you have to do in order to really understand that this is like a big deal? Like it's, it it all comes down to the whole concept of like. We're still having a talk of why people should vote. But explaining that to somebody that's 18 to 21 in today's time, who's not into politics, they they're not seeing the most important election they're not, like they're not they're not seeing the big picture. Like the reason why. The most important election happened two years ago. Yeah. So, at this point, whoever the presidential candidate is, really is not going to matter. Maybe, you know why? Because people on the state level is who makes the laws. Exactly. The state level, the governors, your mayors, your state representatives, your senators, your House of Representatives members, those are the people who write the bills and make the laws. You put that those we, people that, in office. That we don't know. Right. The people now they just enforce them. That that's it. That, that that's it. So the most important elections happen Every the off years. years. The off two years. Yeah. Like you can sit here and say, ah, oh, my vote doesn't matter. Da, 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 da. Listen, your vote didn't matter because you didn't do your due diligence to understand the candidate, who was there, and or, who's representing you. Or to understand the process. You gotta understand it. It's your your vote does matter. It matters more on the state level than it does, and local on state level this, than it does on those. Because this is my thing, where it all comes down to, too, where it's education. We all want jobs. We all want careers. We all want to be entrepreneurs. We want to run businesses. want to be CEO. Some people want to be president. You can't do none of that until you understand the system. Mm-hmm. How you want to run a business, and the next thing you know... Let's just say you're the next FUBU to where at that time when FUBU was lit, they were like six billion, like six million dollar company. When you're in a different tax bracket, <laughs> hey Bucko, uh, <laughs> you better start learning these laws. There's a lot of people out here trying to play chess but don't know how to play. There's a reason why Amazon doesn't pay taxes. Well, it's because of Donald J. Trump. But, but there's a reason behind that to where there he could get that law passed. Right. There's a reason why our school system is the way it is, and they're right now they're not trying to fix it. Why? Because it feeds who the banks. Who does what? Give us money. <laughs> I'm telling you, the whole the whole system is racist and rigged. Um, Will race relations. Will race will race improve in America? Unfortunately, I don't think in our generation it will. No. Unless the only time I think it'll wean itself out probably in another two hundred years when we're all one race, um, with interracial marriages, interracial kids being born, multiple you know multiple races and things like that. I think eventually we'll all be one race of people. So you say two hundred years. 
Uh, probably longer than that, but you know, if people really care about other people, regardless so, of skin color, class, classifications, or whatever the case may be. So the year two thousand two hundred twenty. Um, basically, what it boils down to is just being one race. I mean, unless the coronavirus knocks us all out, and, and you know, we'll have to try to survive like it's uh, like the movie twenty twelve. Um, you know, or the day after tomorrow or something. Oh, damn, I'm um, but um, truth be told, man, like I said, like in my opinion, I don't think race relations is gonna get better anytime soon because it's a divide it's and conquer get... society. It was it breeds capitalism. Like it's all about a dollar. Like think about, like think about it. Just let's let's just look at it from a race perspective. Black people right now, we have the power. We create trends. We boost the market in every facet. But what's the issue we're all facing? Control and representation. I think it's deeper than that, but you're on the right path. If you if you wiped out every other culture in the like, world. Like, like if you eliminated every culture in the world. Like let's say you eliminated everybody except for blacks. Right? We would thrive if you if yeah. if if you would eliminate everybody except for Latinos, they would thrive. Yeah. Like it's like a separate but equal kind of thing, you know. I think yo we get to yo real rap. If let's just say not even just black people, let's just say color folks. If we just stopped, one day just woke up was like fuck this, and we were like. Bus ride, like bus boycott series. Oh, oh, the world, the world, the, would, the, the world, world would be shut down. Fucked. Yo, yeah. the world would be fucked. They'll be like, wait, what? Huh? Wait, what do you mean? If, if they, yo, they're not gonna be able to. They're not gonna be able to do anything without us. That's the power we have, and the problem is. They know that, and nobody nobody recognizes it. Is that I, I say nobody? Very little people recognize it, and and very few beyond that will actually want to militarize and and mobilize and do those types of things. There have been conversations about it. There have been there have been talks and discussions about it. Like, why do you think they assassinated, you know, Malcolm X? Why do you think they assassinated, you know, Bob Marley? Why do you think they assassinated? All these people of prevalence because they knew how they to bringing, mobilize yeah. a force of people. I'm telling you right they now. They don't understand how like the these people can bring people together and be a full working machine. The most powerful without asking for help. The they don't understand that. The most powerful thing in America is the black dollar. Yeah, we run everything. I've been telling people that all the time, you know what I mean? And people are like, yo, swim, why don't you come out? Why don't you party? Why don't you do this? Because my money, I make my money, and I do things with my money that benefit me, my daughter, and my future. I I want to make sure that the things that I do last a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like, why should I give this ex-company... Like, remember we were going through those things, like, with Tommy Hilfiger and Crystal, and they said all these racist shit? Oh, now guess what? It's 2020, and look who is their front model. A black person. 
Yo, we lead every category. They, they didn't want us to play sports. We took that shit over. Sports. They didn't want us to music. Music. Took that shit over. Politics. Politics. We're we're now on the rise. The wake up call. There's a lot. There's a lot more black doctors, black lawyers. Oh, we'll just say black. We'll just say people of color. People of color. Period. Listen, when the when when the House of Representatives had over sixty different sixty different nationalities represented, represented uh, I was almost I was in tears. And I think because twenty percent of them are women. Yeah. yeah. More power. More power. Like more power to the people that should be doing it. Like why shouldn't our government conform to the people that Look it represents? Like Look like us. Should look like us, be like us, act like us. Real people. Yeah. Not no fucking, you know, 80-year-old white man but who don't cre- know how to, that doesn't know anything about a struggle because he had a silver spoon growing up his whole fucking life. But the thing is, the system was created that way. Right. There's a reason why we can't sue, like, not even sue. We don't know who run companies. Oh, we do. It's public data. It's public data. Like, if you want to know who who runs Chick-fil-A, for instance, that that dude is a middle, see, that's when, a middle-aged a Caucasian man who is an evangelical church nut. That's why they close on Sundays. So everybody can go to church and but, worship the Lord. But when you but when you sue Chick-fil-A, you're not suing him. No. You're suing Chick-fil-A. You're suing, you're suing the, the brand Chick-fil-A. There's a reason behind that. Right. There's a reason why when something happens at these places, they automatically just settle. They'll just take the check. Yo. Right, because they know they're doing wrong. Yeah. So you'll just take the check. Just take the check. It's crazy. The establishment is built on a racist platform, but what do you what do you want to do? Like, there's a reason why we're in a situation where every time something happens, they say, hey, we're boycotting this. Stop this. Stop going there. Stop shopping. You can't. Why? Because look where they're located. In the inner city. They're in black neighborhoods. They fund us. So guess what? Your mom is obligated to go to to go to work. So that you can eat. You're stuck. Like yo, it's all systematic, yo. Yeah. There's a reason why we have Drugstores, chicken spots. We can't get along, but the Chinese man can get along, and now he has five businesses within the hood. There's a reason behind that, yo. And the more we educate ourselves on how race, 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 race plays a part in how we are represented as a country. And as individuals, I feel like life would be ten times better. But we gotta start preaching love and understand that, like, yo, this we aren't our great great grandparents. This ain't the fifties no more. Yeah, it's it, the forties, it, not the twenties. Like, I'm sorry, Grandpa. Like, I'm black. Deal with it. Yes, I'm your banker. Yes, I'm at the same school that your kids go to. Guess what? I'm also the high school star that gets the school fucking funding. 
<laughs> like you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like you can't say fuck me and then come to the games and then cheer for me. And then say, hey, um, if you go to my school, I'll take care of your peoples. Pretty sure you got hit with a booster. That's a whole nother story though, but I'm sure you got hit with a booster. Who me? Yeah. When I was in school? Uh yeah, I had a booster, but uh I would say, <laughs> I would say like Basketball and football a little bit different. Nah, but but I'm yeah. saying you got hit with a you got hit with a booster. Yeah, boosters boosters are real. Boosters, it's all systematic. There's a reason for it. It don't matter what sport it was. Yeah, but like I said, but color, but at, but at some point, color played a role into it. It's the way shit works. Like, uh, yeah, and I and I I hate it. I really do hate it. It's the way shit works sometimes. So, let us know what you think about race in America. Do you think it's going to actually end or cease or... When do you think? Like, do you think that people are really fed up with, you know, how things are running and want change, want action, want want things to be different? Hit us up at the back season. That's B-A-G-S-Z-N underscore podcast. And that's B-A-G-S-Z-N underscore Podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you hit us up on the email. Um, yeah. Give us your personal experiences, um, your thoughts. We'd your, love to hear from our non African American uh, yeah, like, actors out there. You know, like, what's your take on this when we talk about race? Yeah, like, what's, what is your opinions on it? We'd definitely love to hear from you. So make sure you hit us up. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe, and share the Bag Season Podcast. I'm your boy Swimmer, that's S-W-I-M-M-R underscore N-U-P-E-3. And I'm Triple B-1911, man. And this is Purse Talks, Season 2, Episode 9. We out. First off, say peace to Pine Ridge. Shame and all the damage that the white man wine did. Ghost dance, penalties, five million beers a year, and all that other crime did. More pieces to the teachers of blind kids. To red bells and small cells, keeping their mind big. Say everything's hostile. Suicide bombers and prosperity gospels. Emaciated models with cocaine and blood pouring out their nostrils. They got to just to stay awake on the catwalk of life where everybody watch you. Straight hair, high heels, and a handbag. Crucifixes, racism, and a land grab. Katrina, FEMA, trailers, human body sandbags. A peace sign and a pass sag. A money toss calls a nine stripper mad dash. A friend request following a hashtag. Now everybody wanted like the last laugh. A Michael Jackson jacket or a daft mask. Purple Jordans on a mixed girl in your math class. Staple is when the bath had bad dad. But corporate jets really had to have that gas.